we're in a series right now called How Not to 2019. Uh, we, <laughs> there's a lot of ways uh, to do things wrong. And um, if there's one book of the Bible that like says, hey, here's how you should never do anything. It's the book of Jeremiah. Um, Jeremiah is, he's a prophet. He, um, he has this terrible, sad ministry where he like has to give bad news all the time because the, the people that he's ministering to are just, they're wrecks. They're just bad. They're fallen off and they've, and they've gone crazy. And uh, so last week we talked about bad kings. Uh, this week we'll talk about bad prophets. Um, sort of kind of behind the scenes, like what's animating this today. I, I, I don't know if you've noticed. Have you noticed that when you, um, so I have a web-based email. I still have my Yahoo mail account from like 2003. Um, and every time I log into my Yahoo mail, I see ads for things that I've been, that I've, that have been, or related to things I've been clicking on on the internet. It's like the Yahoo, the Yahoo demons have been spying on me and they're, and they're saying, come over here, come over here. I've also noticed, uh, that um, no matter what we uh, think or feel about anything, it's now the case, thanks to the internet, mass media, whatnot, that we can find somebody who caters to our opinions and thoughts and beliefs. Like wherever you go, you can find someone on who has a podcast. You can find someone uh, who has a church. <laughs> you can find someone who has a TV show uh, and a blog or a vlog or whatever. You can find somebody who, who really sees the world the way you see the world and, and, and kind of saying, hey, you should follow me. You should do what I do. And I found that that's pretty tempting. And so the question today is, you know, who, who should we listen to? Who should we listen to in 2019? Um, because there's, there's more voices now than have ever been before. It, it's, it's, it's wild. Uh, there, I just imagine what it must be, what it would be like to be someone from even just a hundred years ago, stepping into our reality and being just overcome with all of the different possibilities, voices, beliefs, systems, constant bombardment of images, advertisements. I mean, it's really crazy. A little background on Jeremiah. He is the weeping prophet. Uh, I have a picture of him from the Sistine Chapel. That's on uh, your left, on the left side of the screen. Uh, he is known as the weeping prophet because he had one of the worst ministries of anyone uh, in, in Israel. He, it was his job, basically, to tell Israel the truth about itself until Israel was destroyed. Um, and that's really unfortunate. In fact, today we're going to get to meet... Um, the last king of Israel, the last, last king that listened to Jeremiah's uh, teaching, that's King Zedekiah. He's up on your right. Uh, it, it's hard to see, I think, but this is a 19th century um, uh, uh, drawing of what ended up happening at the end of Zedekiah's life. So Zedekiah uh, came to power when he was 21 years old. He, um, his, like, I think it was his, his nephew or something, who had just been deposed. And uh, the king of Babylon puts him in power. And uh, he's 21 years old. He reigns for 11 years. At the end of his 11-year reign, uh, Nebuchadnezzar comes back down. He's real mad at him for some various reasons. And, uh, and, and puts to death all of his children. And uh, right at, in front of him. So he's forced to watch as his children are, are, are killed. He's, what, 32, 33 at this time. And then after that happens, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, to sort of make an example, gouges out his eyes. Um, so that the last thing that he sees in this world is the death of his family. 
Then Nebuchadnezzar carts him off to uh, Babylon where he dies in exile. And Jeremiah was the guy all his life saying, don't do this, do that. Knowing full well what was going to happen and yet never getting the ear of the king. So we're going to, um, we're going to, the way the book of Jeremiah, if you ever try to read this book, it's an interesting book because there's parts that are like the storytelling, little vignettes about what's going on in Jeremiah's life. Then these are interspersed with long uh, portions of Jeremiah being like, this is what's up, prophecies that Jeremiah gives. Last week we looked at some of the prophecies that Jeremiah gave about uh, kings before Zedekiah, uh, some of his, um, his relatives who, older than he was. This week we're going to get a little vignette of what was going on right around Zedekiah's reign um, just a few years before uh, his, his, his children are executed and, and uh, Jerusalem and the temple are destroyed. So let's begin. Let's take a look at this text and, uh, and, and see what it says. That same year, early in the, room, in the rule of Judah's king Zedekiah, in the fifth month of his fourth year, the prophet Hananiah. If you're wondering what Hananiah means in Hebrew, it means God has been gracious. That's the name of this prophet. He's a young stud prophet. He's, uh, he's very good looking probably. Very, um, very charismatic. And he bursts onto the scene. He's Azure's son from Gibeon. And that, this is first person. So Jeremiah's recalling this happening. He spoke to me, Jeremiah, in Yahweh's temple before the priests and all the people. So Hananiah jumps up in front. There's Jeremiah. He's like doom, gloom. Hananiah's like, whoa, hey everybody, how's it going? He's got a big smile. He has uh, those really, really, really white teeth um, that kind of, you kind of squint a little bit, but you sort of wish you had them. And he says, uh, he says, uh, the Lord of heavenly forces, the God of angel armies, the God of Israel proclaims, I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon. You're wondering why he uses this terminology, broken the, broke the yoke. It's because at this time of Jeremiah's ministry, he's walking around with a wooden yoke over his neck. And so wherever he goes, he's like, he's like, we're being, we're being punished. Everything's bad. You need to turn. You need to repent. And he's got this yoke. And so Hannah and I is looking at Jeremiah. He's like, well, guess what? That yoke that represents Babylon's rule, God is saying, I have broken it. In two years, I will restore to this place all of the temple equipment the Babylon's king Nebuchadnezzar carted off to Babylon. I will also restore to this place Judah's king Jeconiah, Jehoiakim's son. This is the nephew of um, Zedekiah. He's uh, in exile right now. Uh, and all the exiles in Judah, from Judah are going to be, uh, that were deported to Babylon. I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon, declares Yahweh. Woo! Yay! No, that's great news. I mean, maybe you didn't, I've been, I have to be honest with you. I mean, I don't know what you think about politics uh, these days, but the last two years have been by far the most entertaining two years in, in all of probably political history. You may be aware that a reality TV star billionaire uh, developer, Donald Trump, is now our president. And you may also be aware that he loves to tweet. And he has a lot of fun things to say. My favorite storyline uh, for the last two years has been, has been Trump versus CNN. C- CNN is the most trusted name in news. And, uh, and, and CNN, they, they've made it their personal mission to expose Donald Trump's um, treasonous collusion with uh, Vladimir Putin of Russia to steal the 2016 ele- election. And the whole time, Trump is, he's constantly like, you're liars, you're liars, fake news, fake news. It's, it's, been, it's been a real joy to watch. Um, just 
If you're, if you, because a lot of people like professional sports. Normally, I don't. I do love the NFL this year, but normally, uh, politics is my professional sports. Right? There's like, there's two teams. There's the Democrats and the Republicans. It's like, who's gonna win? You know, it's very fun. And so I've been very much enjoying uh, this 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 fake news campaign that's been going on. Here's how it works. Uh, in the 70s and 80s, some uh, philosophers of language. The post-structuralist, namely probably Paul Ricoeur, is the most famous of them. He figured out, he realized that the only way human beings understand things is in terms of stories. So if I were to get up here and I were to like give you just a whole bunch of facts, your eyes would glaze over and you'd fall asleep. But if I tell you an entertaining story, you'll be like, ooh, what's going to happen next? And what Paul Ricoeur found out, he realized that we don't just do this in terms of like telling stories to our kids. It's how we make sense of the whole world. We have to kind of have like a a grand story, a, a narrative, if you will, of how the universe is, what it's like, and how it all fits together. And we don't conceive of the universe without having that in the background. Sometimes we're unaware of it, but it's there. And what he also found out, which is totally crazy, is that once we have this story, right, then every time we encounter new facts and new things, then we find a way to fit it into our story. So even if the facts maybe don't fit comfortably, we find a way to make it all make sense. And so, man, how fun has it been the last couple years to watch the, the, both sides, both teams fighting each other. And every time a new thing comes out, Mueller, Mueller's investigating Manafort or whoever, and suddenly on the left, they're like, aha, we figured it out. This is going to prove that, that Trump is a Putin stooge. And then Trump tweets something about how like the CNN's fake news and they're crazy. And no matter what comes out, everybody is able to fit it into their story. Now, it wasn't, I mean, Paul Ricoeur, you know, he, he sort of, formalize this in an academic way, but, but this has actually been true all throughout human history. And so let's look again. Look again at what Hananiah is doing, okay? Hananiah is telling a story, okay? He's saying, he's saying, uh, Yahweh, God of Israel, proclaims, I have broken the yoke of Babylon. I'm going to restore. This is actually related to the word for almost repent in Hebrew. I'm, I'm going to prove that I have reconciled myself to my people. No longer are we on the outs anymore. We're now going to be together again. That's what Hananiah is saying. Why is that? It's because in Hananiah's mind, there is one thing that's impossible. And that is that God would abandon his people. He would abandon Jerusalem, abandon the temple, and let all these bad things happen. That's impossible in Hananiah's mind, because Hananiah has a story of the world. And in that story, God is totally committed to Israel, would never let anything really, really, really bad happen to them. And so he knows in his heart of hearts that there is no way that Jeremiah is right. It has to be the case that God is going to rescue people. He's going to make everybody good again. Everything's going to be fine. And, And listen to that story. That story is behind everything he says. Jeremiah's gloom and doom. He comes over, he's like, God God has broken the yoke of the king of Babylon. Now, you may wonder, that seems like a pretty good story, right? That seems like a good story. Interesting, some some things to note about the story that Hananiah is telling. He's saying, I'm a prophet, I know the truth, this is what's going to happen, isn't it interesting that Hananiah is like, hey, guess what? Good news. You don't have to do a thing. Hey, Israel, it's all been taken care of. 
you know, Jeremiah's been going around gloom and doom. And what he's been saying, he's been saying, hey, guys, um, yeah, so before God kind of comes back and, 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 and does things for you again, you're going to have to stop worshiping those gods that are causing you to, to do child sacrifice. Child sacrifice, God hates that. And, and as long as you keep doing it, he is not going to make things go well for you. Jeremiah's going around, he's saying, he's saying, until you repent of the way that you're, like, especially the elites, un- un- uh, uh, oppressing the weak, until you repent of that and change your ways, I'm not, God's not going to be nice to you again. Hananiah's like, oh, no, 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 no. God would never let anything really, really bad happen to Babylon and Jerusalem. Guess what? He's forgiven everything. It's all good. You don't have to lift a finger. Isn't that great? If you're wondering who you should listen to in 2019, this is a red flag for fake news. This is your fake news red flag. If you're wondering whether or not someone is giving you fake news almost every single time, think about this. If somebody, this is the first thing you know, she is, if somebody is giving you great news that avoids painful news, it's probably fake news. Great news that avoids painful news is probably fake news. Hannah and I was like, oh, you don't have to change. You don't have to do anything. God's just going just gonna to stop, you guys. Great news, right? Huge, big, sparkling smile. And everyone's like, ooh, yeah, that sounds awesome. The text goes on. Then the prophet Jeremiah responded to Hannah and I in the presence of the priests and all the people. The prophet Jeremiah, this is a great moment. Uh, this, remember, he's got the yoke. And he, goes, he says, says, indeed. Yeah, may, may Yahweh do just as you said. Wouldn't that be great? May, may the Lord fulfill the words that you prophesied. Bring back from Babylon all the equipment of the Lord's temple, all the exiles. But wait. Listen closely to what I have to say. There's this moment, you know, Jeremiah, again, the weeping prophet, he hates his job. He gets up to work in the morning and he's like, ugh, I have to do this again? And here's this dude who's like an upstart, young, beautiful, saying everything that Jeremiah wishes he could say. The problem, of course, for Jeremiah is that he's committed to the truth. And so he says this. The prophets who came before you and me, Hananiah, long ago, well, what'd they prophesy? They prophesy happy fun, lollipops, and, and unicorns? No. They prophesied war, disaster, disease, among many lands and great kingdoms. And so here's the deal, Hannah. The prophet who prophesies peace and happiness and good times and fun is recognized as one who is actually sent by the Lord when? Only when that prophet's message is fulfilled. Hananiah doesn't like that. And the thing is, he's charismatic. He knows how to put on a good show. And so at that moment, he says, then the prophet uh, Hananiah took hold of the yoke that's on Jeremiah's neck and broke it. He said before all the people, he's like, hey, applaud me. He said before all the people, this is what Yahweh says, just as this yoke has been broken, I will break the yoke of Babylon's king, Nebuchadnezzar, from the neck of all the nations within two years. Then Jeremiah walked away. Two years gives him a little breathing room. You know, you wouldn't want to, if you're going to give a timeline on telling the future, especially if you don't know what you're talking about, you might want to, like, go far into the future. Because otherwise people will catch on to the fact that you're making things up. Remember Gwyneth Paltrow? She was such a great actress in the late 90s when she was married to Brad Pitt. Wasn't she married to Brad Pitt? 
Maybe not. Anyway, uh, she really fell off there in the early 2000s. She's now, um, well, yeah, so no one would hire her. Apparently, she's like a really mean person, and so no one in Hollywood wanted to hire her. So Gwyneth Paltrow, sharp person that she is, she went and started a company. It's called Goop. And that company uh, is invested in health and wellness. If you want to be a healthy, happy, wealthy person, you should become a goopy. That's what, I'm serious, that's what they call her, uh, her followers. They're goopies. Rhymes with groupies. If I were going to start a health and wellness uh, empire, I probably would not name it Goop. But I'm also just a poor, you know, failing preacher, and she's who she is. So, there you go. Shows you what I know. Anyway, the cool thing about uh, Gwyneth Paltrow is that she, um, she's totally remade herself into this, like, guru of somebody who can, who can give you happiness, it's an amazing thing that she's got going. I clicked around on her website. She, uh, she has um, these uh, stickers that you can buy. Um, and you put the sticker on your skin. And it, and it reshifts your energies so that um, you're filled with ener- like you're, 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 like you have a lot of energy. You're excited. You're focused. Um, they may be nicotine patches. I'm not sure. But <laughs> you, she does warn you, though, and this is a true fact on the... Uh, if, if you leave them on for three days, they, when you take it off, it will leave a mark. So if you're going to be hosting an event, you need to make sure that you put it somewhere that you can cover up. That's a little tip from Gwyneth Paltrow using her uh, healthy wearables. She's got this whole jam going where she's like, if you want to be happy, you want to be healthy, you want to have everything great, become a goopy. Follow me. Believe in me. I've got it figured out. Look how good I look. I mean, she's like 50, and she looks, I mean, in that picture, she looks like she's 27. It's incredible. So time doesn't touch her. Age doesn't touch her. She's only been married like three or four times, like, so she's still working on that. But she's got a spate of kids. Everyone loves her. Gwyneth Paltrow's got it figured out. And what's cool is if you believe in her, and you trust her, and just kick her like 25 bucks per nicotine patch, you are going to feel amazing. What, what is she really selling? She, she's selling a, a, a lifestyle, but it's not just a lifestyle. Lots of people will sell you a lifestyle. Jesus sells people a lifestyle. I mean, in a way, like Jesus is saying, this is how you ought to live. The difference between a Gwyneth lifestyle, a Goopy lifestyle, and a Jesus lifestyle, is that for, for Gwyneth, it doesn't, it's It's easy. There's no challenge to it. There's, I mean, you know, you got to hit your pocketbook. I mean, she's got to pay the bills too. But like, other than that, you just you just slap a sticker on, and you're feeling awesome. What what kind of what kind of deal is Hananiah selling? I mean, what's he really selling to people? Uh, do we go back to the text? The prophet Hananiah took hold of the yoke that's on Jeremiah's neck and breaks it. This is what Yahweh says. Just as this yoke has been broken, I will break the yoke of Babylon's king Nebuchadnezzar from the neck of all the nations. Do you see what happened there? Hananiah's like, hey, everybody, believe in me. Trust me. I just broke the yoke. You don't have to do anything. It's easy. It's done. It's finished. No problem. How, how simple was that? And you guys have been sitting around here listening to old, depressing Jeremiah talking about repentance and changing your life and work hard and da da da. And here I am. I, look, this is, this is much easier than what he's promoting. 
if you're trying to figure out who you should listen to in 2019, uh, uh, the first thing the first thing is yeah, make sure um, that that you know good news without painful news is probably fake news. That's probably fake news. Here's the next thing to note. Um, when God's going to do restoration in your life, it is usually neither quick nor easy. When uh, I notice, I say don't say salvation there. Um, I do want to be quite clear when it comes to like you know eternity and your eternal destiny. God is not in the business of sending uh, people to hell. He wants any. He's doing anything he can to keep you out of there, and so he he's just just believe, just believe. But notice this. He says, just believe. So that's pretty easy, right? Guess who it wasn't easy for? Jesus. He said, your salvation, our salvation, it costs something. Blood, pain, torture. It wasn't just like God was like, here you go. Here's quick and easy. Have fun. No, instead God said, I'm going to take into myself death, into myself the punishment for sin, into myself the lifeless life that you are living. I'm going to take all that into myself. I'm going to suffer that. I'm going to experience that. I'm going to go down with that. And then I'm going to come out and give you life. Yeah, uh, your salvation, your eternal salvation, it is quick and easy for you, for us. But it sure as heck cost him. Hananiah is preaching what you might call a crossless gospel. If you're wondering whether or not something's fake news, if someone's not for real, if they're not on the level, they might be sharing something with you that's a, a crossless gospel. This costs you nothing. C- get in now. It's, it's, I'll give it to you for free. It's easy. Just trust me. Just follow me. The, the, real, the real truth is, you know, real prophets, not fake news, the Jeremiah's of the world, they're not telling you everything's going to be fine. They're telling you, no, radical change has to happen. Radical repentance has to happen. And it is a hard, brutal road. I'm only telling you that it's worth it. Not that it's fun. I'm telling you it's better than the alternative, which is if you keep going down this road and you keep having your happy dreams and happy la-la-la, you're going to end up destroyed Let's go on with the text. Sometime after Hananiah had broken the yoke that was on Jeremiah's neck, the Lord told him, uh, told, told Jeremiah, go to Hananiah. Say to him, Lord proclaims, you have broken a wooden yoke. I will replace it with an iron one. Yahweh of heavenly forces, the God of Israel proclaims, I will put iron yokes on the necks of all these nations and they will serve Babylon's king, Nebuchadnezzar. Even the wild animals will be subject to him. Uh, the text goes on. Then the prophet Jeremiah said to the prophet Hananiah, listen, Hananiah. Remember, Hananiah, God has been gracious. Hey, don't worry about it. God's been gracious. You're fine. Listen, God has been gracious. Yahweh hasn't sent you. All you're doing is persuading these people to believe a lie. Therefore, Yahweh proclaims, I'm going to send you somewhere right off the face of the earth. Before the year ends, you will die since you've incited rebellion against Yahweh. Hananiah died in the seventh month of that year. 
And as soon as Hananiah died, then all the people of Israel, the priests, the kings, everyone realized that Jeremiah was a true prophet, right? And they repented and they changed their ways. They'd seen exactly what God could do. And then they realized we have, we've been ignoring the real prophet all along. And they changed it and everything was great, right? Wrong. Why? Because human beings want to live by a story. It's an enticing thing, the stories that we tell ourselves. And the story that Hananiah told was more engaging. It tickled the ears better. It was something people wanted. And so they'd rather believe in that fiction, that lie, and keep that story going. When the, I mean, how else are you going to determine that a prophet's real? Jeremiah goes up and says, this dude's dead. And he dies. And still the people, in the face of that evidence, refuse to change. They refuse to repent. They refuse to adopt a new story about what their relationship with God looks like. And that's why we have to have these, these, these red flags that go up to help us navigate. Are, is this fake news? Is this person the real deal? Because it is really hard for us. And everything about our minds and our psychology is driving us to find the things that make us comfortable. For those of you who've, uh, you know, maybe you've, you've known someone who's been in thrall to somebody who's a bad prophet, someone who's fake news, and you've seen the way that it's damaged their life. Or maybe you yourself has, have at one time been like under the, the influence of someone who's fake news, a bad prophet, and then at some point or another, your eye, the scales fell from your eyes, and you realize what was going on. One thing that we, immediately happens uh, to people who've seen through the veil, who've seen uh, what the lies in it, and they've recognized it, is you hate the liar. I mean, if we're, we're reading this text knowing that Hananiah is, is causing Israel to go down a path that is going to lead to, you know, Zedekiah watching his kids get killed, his eyes gouged out. I mean, we, there's, there's a part of us that, that immediately wants to just hate to to, and, and, or to stop him. What could we do to Hananiah? Hey, Jeremiah, man, why didn't you like go and just knife that guy? Like, what were you doing? Well, the thing about bad prophets is that one way or another, God gets them. It's on God. Um, you know, I don't want to go out and name the names of all the people. I think there's lots of false prophets out there, lots of bad prophets. I think there's, um, yeah, like one of my biggest things is to be like, gosh, I don't want to be that, you know? And there's a part of me that wants to just strangle him. I look at, okay, I'll name one bad prophet. Her name is Gwyneth Paltrow. She's full of baloney. Do not fall. If there are any goopies here, we need to talk. Because you, you're, she's nuts. I, I, what I would love, though, is to just strangle Gwyneth and be like, you're leading these people into death and destruction. But I think the, the lesson of Jeremiah is, you know, there were a lot of false prophets, bad prophets that Jeremiah encountered. They all died. They all got theirs. Jeremiah just kept going. So that th- last thing you know, she's don't fret. God will take care of bad prophets. Don't fret. It may not be in our time, and it may not be uh, in the way that we want. Um, but God is just, and he's not going to let um, those who are leading um, people off a cliff, he will not let them uh, avoid judgment. 
So here we are, 2019. Don't listen uh, to these people. Don't, you know, red flag for fake news. If somebody's promising you great things, great news, avoiding all the painful news, probably fake news, not always, but most of the time. It's a red flag. If there's a place there, that, that's something you can look out for. Uh, if someone is promising you a crossless gospel, right, they're saying, hey, uh, the, the restoration with God and, and getting your life right, it's quick, it's easy, just follow me, trust me. That's a red flag, okay? And really what that, what it comes down to in 2019, if we're looking around and we're trying to decide, you know, bad prophets and whatnot, uh, the first thing we need to ask ourselves, and this is really, really critical, really important, is have I been hypnotized? Have I been hypnotized? Um, this is, have, has anyone seen a hypnotist before? Yeah, like three in the morning on our, in our grad, like my high school graduation party, the school locked us in a room so that we wouldn't do drugs. That didn't work, uh, but it was an, it was a beautiful attempt. I was, I was, I was clean, but not everybody else was. All I'm saying is they locked us in this room and they hired a hypnotist to come and entertain. And, uh, it was a very strange thing. Like a bunch of kids got up there and they sat on these, the, these chairs and then the hypnotist is like saying stuff and, you know, he gets them to like run around and buck like a chicken or whatever. And I just kind of thought the whole thing was like kind of, kind of sketchy. Like I didn't really buy into it. Um, but some people think it's real. I can't speak to that. I can speak to, though, the fact that we as human beings are so desperate for good news. We are so desperate to have someone fix things and make it clear and what, that we are willing to overlook a lot of stuff. And then when we find that person or that you know, website or that TV anchor or that, you know, whatever it is, that, that colleague at work, uh, that family member, and, and, and everything they're saying is really, just gets me right here. And, and pretty soon, and, and, it, and it affirms us and it makes us feel good. And we, we're like, we're like, yeah, I'm great. The world is the problem. But if I just follow this person, then, then suddenly it's all going to work out. If this person... If there's anybody like that in your life, you may have been hypnotized and you may be under the influence of fake news. Me included. It does not matter who you are or where you're from. If you have found the voice that has it all, You've been hypnotized. The only voice that has it all is Scripture. And the funny thing about Scripture is that you can't read it without it piercing your heart, without it convicting you, without it telling you, you know what? You're not all that. You know what? You need a change. You need a difference. You need... And if, if you've moved beyond that, and you found the person that smooths it all out. That's a red flag. There might be a hand and eye in your life. And it might be leading you to destruction. The second thing uh, is this. That the next question um, that we really need to ask ourselves is, um, am I leading in truth? That's the Pied Piper. From what I understand, I haven't heard this story in a long time, but apparently in, like, the original version, like, the Pied Piper, like, murders all the kids. Like, he's like, they all follow him and they all die. Like, it's really dark. 
I think it was written by Germans, and that's, and that's why. What, do you guys hate Germans? I'm, I'm largely German, like, and I'm also very dark. Interesting. Anyway, uh, the Pied Piper, here's the deal. So if you're in this place, right, if you are a Christian, if you have been called by Jesus and you, are, uh, you believe in him and now you're trying to disciple and follow him, then there are two things that should be present in your life. The first is that there should be somebody who is leading and mentoring you. Okay, uh, and, and, and ideally that person is not fake news. Ideally that person is Jeremiah, gives you the straight truth and doesn't mess around and, and, and is leading you in that way. However, there's a second thing that's going on. You have influence or you ought to be having influence over somebody else, right? Uh, the whole Christianity thing, it is not, um, it's sort of like a, it's like a chain, right? Like someone helps you and then you're getting, receiving from them and then you're helping somebody else and receive. And that's how we work as a community, right? So, number one, if there's nobody in your life that you recognize that you have influence over or that you're leading, you need to fix that very soon. Uh, because, you know, as somebody who's, who's taught before and I teach, you will never learn discipleship. You will never uh, know the things of God until you're trying to pass them on to somebody else. Now, this isn't like a big thing where you're like, I need a da da da. Look, it could be someone in your family, it could be your children, that's great. It could be a work colleague, it could be um, a friend. There's not, there's not like a rule like, you don't have to like look to the person to your left and be like, I will mentor you. That's not how this works, but, but there should be some place in your life where your influence is real over somebody else. And here's the deal. When you're in that experience, you start to really care. You start to really love the people that you're mentoring. You start to really want good things for them. And you're going to be tempted. You're going to be tempted, and you probably already are, to sort of like, you know, take the edge off of a few things. Like people don't like talking about sin or hell. Uh, No one likes to talk about, you know, the the bad stuff of life. And so we just kind of... And, and we're like, oh, but it's okay. I just, you know, I just want to be encouraging. I just don't want to, I don't want to turn somebody off, right? And so it's better to water down uh, the truth than to turn somebody off, right? Wrong. That's fake news. That's Hananiah. That's bad prophet. You owe the people that you influence. You owe them the straight, real truth. And you can, you can be kind about it. You don't have to be like, you're the worst. That's like my shtick with the kids. I'm like, they walk in, I'm like, you're awful. And they're like, oh, <laughs> you're great. Like, no, seriously, you're awful. They love it. They eat it up. I, I got to get out of youth ministry. <laughs> ASAP. <laughs> I'm falling apart. Uh, <laughs> any volunteers want to take over junior high? No? Okay. Ryan, you're on, buddy. Okay. Um, I don't even know why I said that. Uh, the, the, yeah, no, oh, couching it, yeah. Uh, the, the, you want to be gentle and you want to be kind as you lead people on, but, um, as you lead them, but, but you have to lead in truth. The world that we live in is saturated with people who want to water down the truth. They want to be friends. They want to be happy. They don't want to tell you the bad things. But if you don't do that, if you don't, the end is destruction when you're leading somebody. I mean, think about Israel. Hananiah's like, it's great. And then Zedekiah's like, it's great watching my children die and my eyes popped out. That's what happens when we don't lead in truth. Love, yes, but also truth.
In 2019 here at Coast, uh, we're going to be on the lookout for fake news. We're going to be on the lookout for crossless gospel, people who are telling us, um, who are giving us a lie. Um, and we're also going to be in a place where we really are looking to, let, to lead and be led in love, in truth, as we grow closer to God, even through the tough stuff. Let's pray. Gracious God, we, um, we ask for your vision, God. Uh, give us eyes to see and ears to hear that we can uh, pierce through the lies of the culture, that we can uh, see clearly who is manipulative, who is uh, trying to sell us a line, who's fake news, who's giving us a crossless gospel. Instead, God, that we, will be, um, that we will be filled with your truth, with your sight, with your vision, your spirit, to pierce through that, to know it, to recognize it, to reject it. And then, God, uh, in its place, to have genuine, true discipleship that sees the world as it is, recognizes the need for repentance, recognizes the need for change, seeking to follow you through the highs and lows, knowing that ultimately you have our best in mind. I pray for us, God, that this place will be a place that doesn't listen to bad prophets. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.